Hi, everyone. It's me, Reshma Sajani, the founder and CEO of Girls Who Code. Welcome to Brave Not Perfect. On this podcast, I talk with up-and-coming changemakers from all around the world, but with a little twist. Every episode is going to highlight ideas from my new book, Brave Not Perfect. Fear less, fail more, and live bolder. Get ready to break free from the cult of perfection. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Susan McPherson. She's a serial connector, an angel investor, and a corporate responsibility expert. Susan knows a lot about supporting sisterhood. I've seen her do it for as long as I've known her. I wanted to talk to her about why supporting sisterhood is important, about what it means to play for Team Brave, and I'm so excited for you to hear her insights today. founder and CEO of a social impact consultancy, McPherson Strategies. Amazing. I want to talk about sisterhood today. And I feel like when I think about you, and I've known you, I feel like almost for a decade, maybe a little less, I always see you as a connector. Why is it important to you to connect women together to help women realize their fullest potential and their dreams? Like, were you born this way? Like, how did that happen? (laughs) born this way. There's music like that. (laughs) It was really, I think, just learned from the get-go because both my parents were very, very much connectors. My late father would type little notes and then cut out articles and send them probably 25 different ones every single day of his life through the U.S. Postal Mail. To people. Yeah, to people all over the U.S. He was a professor for 39 years. So he, his network was through those, you know, those postcards. Yeah. And my mother was in public information, public relations for many, many years for PBS. And she did the same thing where she would always be connecting people to reporters, to media. So literally, as soon as I was old enough to see what they were doing, it was drilled into me, but drilled in a way that it was more like osmosis. Yeah. Um, so did you do that when you were in high school? Did you connect I people? Totally like, did. tell me how. Give totally. me a story. Oh, my God. I mean, for, for jobs, for special events at schools, for clubs, and then in college, I did the same thing. And people used to always say I was doing social media before social media existed. <laughs> but I honestly, there is nothing more in life than gives me joy when I see two women and occasionally two men, but more more importantly, two women come together because there is something magical that happens when that bond is formed. And the results that come forward from that. So fascinating because when you were little, you probably saw your parents as these amazing connectors, but then you were just like any middle school girl where we're almost like taught to be mean girls and be like fiercely competitive with each other. Why why do you think that is? Well, I think it's insecurity, right? We all know that when a girl hits something like eight or nine, her confidence level just precipitously drops, right? And I think I connected people out of my own insecurities rather than be mean. And I'll be honest with you, in high school, girls used to talk about me and say, oh, she must be fake because she's so nice. And, you know, the funny thing is, is even today where we know there's still mean girls in the world. Yes. I have to believe there's that still that chomping in the bit. But like she's just she wants something. That's why she's like connecting people. Yes. But I honestly think the the business that I founded five years ago is 100 percent successful because of all these years of 
connecting people and helping people when they needed help. Well, it's like almost authentically. I, I was saying one of the first girls who code kind of like gatherings was hosted by you. Yes. Like, you know, when I, I've gone to like countless book parties and stuff uh, that you've hosted. I talk about this in the book, right? I think you're right. I think it's at that young age is also when that inner critic in our voice shows up that tells us that we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to deal with that insecurity, we act out towards others or when we see others having things that we think we should have. So how do you unlearn that? Is it by becoming a networker or a connector at a young age? I think it's finding what gives you excitement because there are some people in this world who are very introverted and would never feel comfortable doing as such. So I wouldn't I wouldn't espouse that being a connector is the solution to, you know, dealing with your own confidence level. I think yeah. it's finding what is that inner drumbeat that you have that makes you happy, okay? And it may be writing, it may be a certain hobby, it may be a sporting activity, it may be knitting, but, you know, find what brings you joy. Mm. And I learned early on what brought me joy was literally introducing people to other people with no other intent than seeing the magic that would come. Yeah, I can still hear a friend about seven years ago saying to me, Susan, you've taught me that by doing this, I don't lose the friend that I'm introducing. She was nervous that if she introduced me to someone else that we would go off and be friends without her. Yeah. And if anything, your your circle of love and life just expands. Can you share with me some of the most powerful connections that you've made between women that you just Oh gosh, this that, is that, that like yes. that warm your heart. Yep. Yeah. Um well I will think for instance for Catalina Cruz. Mm. Okay, this summer Catalina Cruz was the first dreamer running for office in New York State. And yay, she won. Yep. Um, she's amazing. But a few months during leading up to the summer when all the political activities were going on and I was planning to host a fundraiser for her on my roof deck, I introduced her to Rochelle Haruska mm-hmm. and Rochelle made a lingua franca sweater for her. Then I also introduced her to the wing where she had one of her most successful fundraisers. And I, you know, I would never ever say like, I took credit or anything like that for her her win. But some of these introductions early on played such an incredible role in getting her to where she needed to be. Yeah. And, you know, in the business that I run um, with my team, inevitably the connections that we have made over the years have been stupendous in helping our clients get visibility. And do you feel like a lot of those connections are women-related businesses or women connections or all over the map? Well, like how does your <laughs> this feminist spirit that you have, right, this passion that you have as a woman kind of fit into how you the work that you well, do? Well, the joke I always say is I don't know any men anymore. <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> they are. I, I think they're like I'm going to turn over some giant rock someday and there's going to be like a thousand men under the rock um, just like you know playing video games or whatever they do but literally my the people who work the nine employees at my company are all women my dog is a female yeah. <laughs> so, is so, so I think just by nature of my network it happens to be more shaded towards women I guess but but I'm definitely would love to be connecting men and I do I mean I yesterday had a wonderful conversation with a friend who worked at TED for many years who's working on some exciting projects so I set in motion after we talked to connect him to about seven or eight others that could be instrumental in what he's working on. Yeah. So one of the things I tell people in my community is like that I do think that you can learn and practice sisterhood. I see you do this. So to me, that means like hook a sister up, right? Mm-hmm, like you did mm-hmm, with Catalina mm-hmm. and make introductions. Or it's even like cheerlead for someone who won an award yeah. or is launching something over social media. Yes. 
are there practices yes. that you think like you have that people could use to basically kind of preach and learn sisterhood and put it and put, infuse it into their everyday life? I love that. And um, when I first started on Twitter, which was in the early days, I used it as a means to basically showcase others. And I every day I have a mantra in my head that I'm going to showcase at least two people per day. Um, very, very simple. But I can't tell you how that. much that means mm-hmm. to someone. With that case in point, I always make sure I thank people three times for one instance of goodness that they have provided. And I know I sound like I'm so methodical, and I'm not. It's be- it's just become such part of me. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Like, I, I mean, we're talking about like this is like bravery as a practice. I don't think that there's anything. I think you're being intentional yeah. about practicing right. sisterhood. Yeah. And I think that's fine to like have a post, you know what I mean, yeah. on your computer yeah. and be like, Whatever's- all right, two tweets today, you know what I mean? I think that's beautiful. No, and I also think... I heard a quote the other day where someone said to me, you know, women don't dream big enough. Mm. And the way I equated that was we tend to like, we'll dream, but inside of a box, like we put limitations on. So in my role and at my age, I feel like whatever I can be doing to help young women dream beyond their wildest imaginations and put that North Star out there and create a roadmap on how they're going to get there. Once they do that very intentionally, yes, there'll be shorts, fits, and stops along the way, but that's when they know when they can be asking for help or mentorship yeah. along the way. Do people do that for you? You know, no one has ever done that, but shame on me for not asking. <laughs> I take full responsibility. Right. Um, I think, you know, I've moved so many times professionally, like in, you know, physically, that, you know, by the time I got to New York here, I was already 38, and I guess I felt at that age I should already have known it all. But do you feel like even now, though, you, you are comfortable asking for help? Um, yes. You yeah, are? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, but I have a wonderful team, yeah. too. That but just you personally. Like, me you know, personally. Even you, even you at this point in your life, do you feel like you can say, hey, you know, can you help me with this? Because it's what we're kind of teaching yeah, young women yes, to do, yes. right? Like, ask for what you need. Most definitely. Most definitely. And the good thing is, is I feel like I earned that right, too. Right. You know, I mean, not that young women can't be doing this right now. You don't need the right. But I think just that little voice inside me says, oh, they're too busy. They're too busy. But I shouldn't be doing that if I'm practicing. I want to practice what I preach. Yeah. And I want to give, I want to at least empower, embolden younger women to feel like if you don't ask, nothing's going to happen. Would you consider yourself a perfectionist? Do you struggle with that? I'm a perfectionist when it comes to when I'm like raising money for something yeah. or, but when it comes to like the perfect email, no. Okay. Amazing. Uh, no, so no. you don't write, you don't re- read and reread and reread no, and rewrite no, 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 and rewrite no, no, and rewrite. No, no. Right. No. I mean, I will look at your email and see lots of typos yeah. like mine. Uh, <laughs> well, again, my late father was a professor, so I'm, I'm like, oh, my oh, English typos. is, yeah, that's the one thing. Cause, and remember, I learned long before, like, my professional background started long before computers. So I had to type and write letters. So it, when we transitioned to email, I brought that old kind of like yeah. grammar right to emails. Like, yeah. I didn't have this just college to email yeah but no and and my team you know like you know with client they always have to do the client facing yeah um, because I'm always like let's get it out let's get it out like so you do you think your perfectionism gets in the way for you at all or did you feel like you if you felt like if you took our perfection quiz you would score not on that spectrum not on that all right, I'm going to send it to you. Okay, just like, yes, check. yes. <laughs> I'm very uh, easily excited and enthusiastic. And sometimes, mm. you know, if something I want to get out in the world, I, I am too excited to wait. That's the little girl in me. Um, but that's also my spirit that I think is what makes us successful. Yeah. Tell me some of your bravery hacks then. Like, how do you practice bravery? 
I, I always go back, again, not to keep talking about my late father, but he always told me, and you may have heard me quote this, that nothing is a prison sentence. Yeah. Meaning you can take a risk because guess what? You can always go back to what you were doing before, right? When I left the East Coast to move to California, I knew no one. I was 25 years old and I got on a plane. And what the voice in my head kept saying, if I get out there and you can't make friends and work is horrible, guess what? You can turn around and go back to Washington, Mm. D.C. When I moved from Seattle to New York City in 2003, I didn't know anyone. That was 15 years ago. Same thing. Worst case scenario, Seattle's not going away. I can go back. So what scares you the most? Is there any place in your life where you feel stuck and afraid? Um, What scares me the most is what I'm living every day now. I never in a thousand years would have thought that I would get to be my age, 54, and be alone, Mm. okay? And there's not a day that goes by that I don't wish I had someone in my life. What do you do to find love? Like, do you, I mean, my, like, my friends, my, my love, my are job. Are you online? Of course I'm online. Yeah. I'm on all the apps and I'm not giving up. And I, I don't want to put out there that it isn't wonderful to be no, alone. But uh, I think for everybody has your dream, right? right? And I right. think for your dream, if, if that's to find love and companionship, yes. then yeah. that's yeah. your dream. And, and I've had it. So I know how yeah. yummy and wonderful it can feel. I also know all the warts that come with it. Yeah. But I also, you know, in the next half of my life, I want to travel the world with a significant partner that, you know, c- can share in that journey. You know what I love about you? Because I, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, I didn't get married till my late 30s. I have a lot of friends that are 40s still looking for the partner. What I love about you is it hasn't prevented you from living your life. No. I have friends who won't buy an apartment or, you know what I mean, who won't go on a trip or won't do something because they're waiting for him or her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's remarkable that you're still living your life, but still kind of put it out in the ether of like, what's going to make you more joyful? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still think every time I get on a plane, maybe I'll meet I love somebody. <laughs> and that's exactly why you will, right? Because, no, I think that if you declare it, it happens. I hope so. I hope so. But I also realize that, you know, God forbid, not that I'm a, a, a church going or religious person, but still in the higher power, you know, if worse comes to worse, I still am so blessed. And, mm-hmm. and I when I think of the friends that yeah. are in the world that, that we share, I, I can't tell you how thankful I am. And Susan, thank you for being brave enough to articulate. It's your, scary. It is. It's hard <laughs> I, I, to yeah, say that, like, yeah. I'm 54 and I'm looking for love. Yeah. And I think I really appreciate your bravery thank in you. telling the world that. Thank, um, you. thank you so much. Thank you, Reshma. And I, can I just pause for a moment and thank you for all you're doing for mm. young women everywhere and and I'm sure this was one of the most difficult things to birth <laughs> yes. but to watch and see how far you and the whole crew have come it, it's like well, nothing the, else I've seen well you were there in the beginning and I'll never forget that thank you for joining me for another episode of brave not perfect want to make bravery a part of your everyday routine you can buy my newest book Brave, not perfect. Fear less, fail more, and live bolder. It's on shelves now and available at your favorite local or online retailer. I can't wait to hear what you think. Till next time, this has been another episode of Brave, Not Perfect with me, Rashma Sajani. Brave, Not Perfect is produced by Tanya Zaparonik and Emily Scheinbar and edited by Jenny Josephson with music composed by Poddington Bear licensed under a Creative Commons license.